0: Members of the OG Army, get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the Other Ground Live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton.
1: Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J, that's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is June the nineteenth. It is a Friday. The week is fucking over. And OJ, like I'm not black. I'm OJ. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yes,
1: indeed. It is a Friday edition of the Other Ground Live. Uh, I see the OG Army is forming up in the chat box. Always good to see you guys here. How'd you day go, Ryan?
0: Ah, uh, you know, it was a Friday. Uh relatively busy. Just good to be done. How about you there, Jay? Uh professionally it was
1: a pretty good day. Uh, personally, I feel like shit all day, but I don't want to talk about that. That's not no big deal. People feel like shit all the time. Um <laughs> Uh yeah, it was a, a fairly busy day of uh, you know, making reservations and telling rich people how things are going to be at the club. Uh but relatively uneventful. Uh, unlike the, uh, world today, which is full of events. And hopefully we'll talk about some of them. Uh, what do you got today, sir?
0: Well, let's start out. Happy Juneteenth.
1: Why? Thank you very much, sir. I, uh, it's not my holiday, but, uh, you know, I, it is one that should be, you know, I was surprised to hear that a lot of people have never heard of this. I'm like, really? I mean, it's, I don't, I don't think it's called that in a lot of places. Like, I think some people, places call it Emancipation Day, uh, And I certainly knew, knew that it was the date of emancipation, but I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize that it was a widespread holiday.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, I guess the problem I'm I'm totally floored by this. Like, I guess people just grow up differently, but like, I, I always knew about this. Well, here's
1: the deal. Uh, I I live in the suburbs of Detroit. I, I have for, for my entire life, uh, so you would think this would be something I would hear of because obviously it's going to be it's culturally uh, important to a, a large percentage of people in a city fairly close to me, uh, which is why I was amazed to hear to find out that it's actually considered a holiday. And it's, and, uh, it's notated and it does vary from state to state from what I understand, uh, but like a whole bunch of them declare it a holiday. And I think like eight or nine or 10 of them it, make it like a bank type holiday.
0: Yeah, so 47 states recognize it as a holiday um, since 1980, there are like, yeah, between, I think, five to seven states that have it as an official state holiday. So all uh-huh. state employees are, are given a day off there. And obviously, banks generally kind of follow suit to that. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's interesting to me that that people don't know about this one.
1: Yeah. And, and Homelander mentioned that, you know, he knows a lot of black people today that they honestly don't give a shit about it. And. I assume it's the same for me. I mean, I know a lot of black people. <laughs> Once again, because geographically speaking, it'd be weird if I didn't. Uh, and I've never heard them talking about this. It's It gets mentioned. The only reason I know, honestly that I know that it's a, uh, a thing at all is because every day uh, on, you know, every time, every this day, every year, uh, it's on the TV stations like, you know, happy emancipation day. I don't think they ever called it Juneteenth or something like that. I don't even know where that comes from.
0: Well, so interestingly, that actually comes from well over 200 years ago. Oh. Well, actually over 100 years. It it was 1890, whatever. It's like 130-ish years. So it was originally called both Freedom Day, Jubilee Day, which was like kind of the official term for it. And Mm -hmm. at that point, it eventually became Juneteenth. A lot of what people think of Emancipation Day, they're thinking about the, like, anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation, which is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's... I, it. Again, must be the way that uh, some people grow up. A lot of people just don't know the history. And since it's not an official, like, everybody's off holiday, I guess people just don't know what it is. I think it's the same thing. Oh. It's like... So you working at a, you know, at a Jewish mob country club, you probably know when it's like Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah or things like that. Oh, certainly, yes. And if you asked that same question you said that on a random day, people would have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, very true. Uh, I was surprised at how many... Uh not just holidays, how many terms and phrases that they use on the everyday basis. Some of them, some of them, not, not at all. Uh, but it was really weird to to get uh, wished a, uh, you know, a happy new year uh, when it wasn't even close to the new year for the first time that happened, for example.
0: Yeah, so I think that's the thing. It's just, it's weird anymore how some people grow up. I guess I was kind of lucky because I was kind of, you know, taught up on kind of like black history, black culture from a very young age. So I guess I was lucky in that regard. So it floors Which me is weird. people just don't know these things.
1: Which is kind of weird when you consider it, because from what I understand, you grew up in the Midwest, correctly?
0: Well, right, so here's the thing, the and I think this is where a lot of people have no clue, because I don't necessarily talk about my life as much as you do you. Well, that's, but that's like, my thing. Well, yeah, it, it definitely is your thing, and this is why, like, I will get very inflamed by race stuff. So as I was growing up, um, obviously I think we've established on this, on this show that my stepdad was pretty much a piece of shit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you know, life wasn't great at home. However, his dad was a very good dude. Um, overall I ended up having four sets of grandparents and both had, um, both sides, both my mom and my stepdad had gotten divorced and remarried. Well, it just so happened, my stepfather's father, who was a World War II vet, married a black woman. Hmm. And I was very close to those two growing up, like, I spent a lot of time. They had a farm. Like, I went out and did like all of their mowing and stuff like that, you know, for like four or five hours on a Saturday. So I grew up hearing about black history from essentially two people that lived through it in a time where it wasn't necessarily the you know the proper thing for this you know world war two vet white man being with a black woman right right so I got to hear about like not necessarily segregation because that was you know technically over by that point but you got a lot about how like people were treated over time and you get a lot of the stories where it was only you know a generation or two from the point where you know, blacks didn't really have rights. So you hear about things like Juneteenth. You you understand at a very young age things about like the, the N word and like the idea of just people seeing you differently for everything you do and how there were members of that family after the, they remarried and they had a couple of additional kids. So I have like step aunts and uncles where they have to teach their kids about like how to interact with the police and knowing that driving while black and things like that are are things that we just mm. wouldn't think of.
1: Right, right. So, I uh, wow, when you know, when you claimed that you were from the streets, it, it was literal, literal. It's in your blood, man.
0: Yeah, if you call streets, you know, a, a nice, you know, farm outside of town with, you know, some, right. some <laughs> cattle grazing and know a gigantic barn like the the old school like giant fucking barns yeah super from the streets well how about you as know black, all as black can the... be for a white kid from the midwest
1: well you know we know all of those cows were in a gang man they look look how they cluster together like that you can't trust cows <laughs>
0: they'll fucking cut you
1: yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah i wasn't um quite that rural but where i grew up it's a very a uh, nice affluent area but when when i moved here in 1980 when uh, uh my mom's married my stepdad it was pretty fucking rural uh we lived on a dirt road in like a three street by four street little subdivision and it was woods all the way around us for like another mile a mile in each direction uh with like little subdivisions cut off the uh cut cut out of the uh woods and on the main road uh like i could go at the end of my subdivision and go off into the woods and real, and there's like a couple miles of trails and stuff with a lake back there and stuff. That was that now is a golf course and, and an industrial park and a, and a uh, old folks home and some condominiums and, you know, it's gotten really built up, but of course that's kind of shit that happens over almost 40 years. Uh, actually it is 40 years. It'll be 40 years this year. Um, so I've lived in the same spot. Well, I moved other places, but I, I came back here. It's where I like. Uh, But it's so I know what you're saying, kind of saying about the the rural stuff. And that's really um, why I consider myself a Midwest person, even though I obviously grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, because I didn't grow up in a very Detroit like area at all. It's kind of like in the boonies.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how far behind some of those areas are over time. Obviously, everywhere is getting better, but no, like everywhere isn't good.
1: Right. Yeah. I didn't know there was no, there was no black people in my neighborhood when I, when, when my mom married my uh, stepdad, um, I saw my first black person ever. And like, I want to say third grade, we had one black person. <laughs> uh, then I hit middle school and there's like a half a dozen black kids in the middle school. Then you moved to moved to high school, which had a little bit of Pontiac in its, uh, uh in the school district so there's probably like you know 20 or 30 but that's out of like 300 students so even then it was less than you know the uh amount that you would expect uh, of course you now you move you, you go one school district over in the pontiac it's like 80 90 percent black and the other 10 percent or 10 or 15 percent is a hispanic uh and who knows what my school district's like now it's so many different uh, there's uh, it's really a melting pot this uh, city is you know white people black people chinese people uh, a whole bunch of different Middle Eastern types of people. Um, it's it's interesting. I like it. It's, you uh, diversity is really cool. I used to be able to eat all kinds of interesting foods. Uh, now now not so much. But I, I like being uh, in a diverse neighborhood.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely more of that now. I'm still pretty much in a, a very kind of white suburban place, but mm. it's it's much more diverse. You know, from where I came from, like where I grew up, you know, town of little over 5,000 people, maybe, you know, one black person, two Asian people, like per grade of school. Right. Yeah. That, yeah
1: that's kind of how it was for me when I grown up. Uh, and of course I say that, you know, it's, it's a very diverse area, but it does vary from city to city around here. Like, like I don't think there's any black people or Middle Eastern. I think everybody on my street's white. I, I don't know. I didn't go, go a poll <laughs> house to house, but, uh, and it, it, it's still a gradual process. Like uh, um, they, they built a Hindu temple about a mile and a half from me. It's beautiful too. Holy shit. I kind of want to go in just to check it out. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's allowed if you don't, you know, if you're not part of that church. Uh, but, you know, and it's cool. Yeah, uh, there. It's weird. I don't know if this is like this every place because I, I haven't lived in a ton of other places, but there are a shitload of churches in my area, like in my immediate area. And there always has been. In my immediate area, there's one uh, about three blocks down the main road from me uh, then a, a, another couple blocks on the other side and you go around the corner there's, there's a third one then you go another two blocks there's a fourth one and in the neighborhood behind me there's a fifth one I can think of honestly at least six churches within one mile of me right now
0: is that normal that sounds a little except no that's definitely not normal um yeah. yeah that's that's not normal but back to the Hindu temple like if you go yeah. and you just want to like check it out like Hindus are usually pretty nice people Jay
1: I would assume so I just want didn't want to be rude I'm I, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't be you know like be like yelling at me or anything like that but I'm just not sure if that's like a, a, a thing that's normally done so yeah.
0: well no it's just it's a human thing of going like hey this. I was very intrigued by how this place looks like I, I would just like to take a look around if you want to you know tell me things about the place that would be awesome yeah I mean I uh, I
1: remember, uh, drinking beer and the uh, smoking pot in their parking lot while it was being constructed. We figured that'd be a good spot since, you know, it's being built. So no one would actually be there at night and no reason to investigate it. So, uh, which turned out to not be true, by the way, might
0: not want to bring that part up. You don't go out and be like, Hey, I used to get really high here. Can I, can I check out like what you guys ended up building?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then there's also a couple uh, a couple few uh, Middle Eastern churches that are like literally like another couple miles down the road that've been built over the years and they keep on being like uh, built and then like added on to and added on to and added on to then they built another church next to that church fucking it's a very sizable contingent and I had to laugh because when they first built it um there was a small house next door to like on the edge of their property and this is on a main road And this small house prominently uh, flew an American flag and then a don't tread on Me" flag underneath that. And then I think some other other sort of weird flag underneath that. And they were so upset that this Middle Eastern, I keep on calling it a Middle Eastern uh, um, temple thing because I don't know which religion it actually is. I haven't stopped and read the sign. I just drive by it occasionally. (laughs) But they were so upset that this thing was next door to them. Uh, part of it was justified because they didn't build enough parking for this shit. And they, and these, these guys would park anywhere. They are parking on the, on the on, right on the side of the main road, all the way to like down for a half a mile, just cars lying in the road where no one's supposed to be parking at all. Uh, and heaven help you if you, if you went near the place while they were leaving, cause there was a goddamn traffic jam uh, eventually. Well, but they would get so upset that like, they would literally stand in their yard on the edge of the yard, whenever there's a service. So to make sure that they didn't park in front of their, uh, in front of their house. Eventually the cops had to show up and like, you know, just direct traffic whenever there's a service, uh, years later down the road, they, uh, installed a uh, light there. Uh, and then surprisingly enough, uh, the people in the little house next door, uh, fucking disappeared. And apparently I'm guessing the temple made them, made them an offer they couldn't refuse because they built more temple fucking there on their house. <laughs> so it had a happy ending.
0: Yeah, fair enough. You know, those crazy middle Eastern churches, those crazy middle east insurances i don't know other than the traffic that that
1: was a pain in the ass i don't get a problem with him building that stuff either you know um i've often mentioned you know i'm kind of envious of religious people i don't really believe in that stuff and i kind of wish that i did because it seems very comforting uh you know it would be nice to believe that there's a god out there looking out for me and as long as i do good in the end they'll be rewarded for it and that when you die you don't really die you go someplace else and live a good life and see all your uh loved ones and such but honestly, I've seen zero proof of it, and it's hard for me to believe in something that the only proof of it is some other guy telling me that, trust me, it's true.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, but I'm never going to downplay someone for believing what they believe, and that also doesn't necessarily mean that I will ever believe anything they have to say. But, you know, it's whatever. right, Right, right. Don't,
1: don't get me wrong, I consider myself agnostic because I think there's... Mm probably something out there it seems really uh random that this all came just by chance i guess i'm hope i wish there was something out there i, I if that's the type of a uh, agnostic so so i'm hoping i'm wrong <laughs> but i guess that's enough uh, religion stuff that's not what we really want
0: to talk about uh what else you got ryan that was a pretty uh, good first know, there's topic. actually yeah there's actually a uh, follow up to an earlier story that we talked about um we we're mm-hmm. talking about columbus being a piece of shit you oh, said, yeah. you know, hey, how long before they're going to rename Columbus, Ohio, there actually mm-hmm. is a drive to do just that, to rename oh. Columbus, Ohio, Flavortown. Flavortown. I don't, I don't, like yep. flavor town, flavor,
1: flavor town, flavor town, flavor as. <laughs> flavor, oh, Jesus Christ, you mean like guy, whatever his Ferrari or whatever his name is, is like going to be their new mascot,
0: <laughs> we're going to flavor town, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they actually get, you know, a, a city mascot, but there is a petition underway to rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavor Town.
1: Why? Why? I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I understand why they would want to change it from Columbus. If they want to do that, that's fine. I think it's kind of silly, but whatever. Uh, yeah, here's an asshole, but fucking, you don't need to change all the letterhead on the fucking city's uh, paperwork. Um, but why Flavor Town?
0: Because of Guy Fieri, actually. So the quote is, "You're shitting me." Why not rename the city Flavor Town? The new name is twofold, the petition adds. For one, it honors Central Ohio's proud heritage as a culinary crossroads and one of the nation's oh. largest test markets for the food industry. Secondly, oh. chef Lebrity, I didn't know that was a word. Guy <laughs> Fieri was born in Columbus. Fuck them. fuck them, yeah,
1: good, change it to Flavortown I don't give a shit, that's the stupidest thing I ever fucking heard, and I'm gonna enjoy laughing at their asses for years to come I mean, holy fuck
0: <laughs> Oh
1: man, yeah, it's, we're it's, living it's in a crazy as good
0: world, as that, uh, It's almost as good as that country that opened up the petition to name, like, the new ship of the fleet or whatever it was, and, you know the one that won was Bodie McBoatface
1: <laughs> I think that was England. I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's fucking. Hell. And they wouldn't honor their contest. They wouldn't even name, name the ship that. So they're assholes too. If you have a and contest, you petitions hold, you like that. through Uh huh.
0: So there's also the petition out there that's calling for statues of Dolly Parton to replace all of the Confederate leaders in Tennessee.
1: Well, I certainly have no problem with that. I always slash her tits were way too huge and her hair was way too big when she was in her prime. I couldn't stand her hairstyle, but she's actually a very pretty lady. And from what I understand, a really, really good person. So, you know, i I know she does that book thing. Uh, any kid that wants books, uh, she'll fucking send them books. Uh, so I don't see, I have any problems with that at all. I mean, that's and interesting. A that they chose her to nest. Yeah. <laughs> a couple options actually. Uh, But yeah, I don't know why they pick her over like dozens and dozens of other people. I mean, you know, uh, but I guess, you know, why not? I suppose
0: (laughs) for the same reason as
1: Flavortown. Flavortown. Yeah, because there's a big pile of crazy going around. Uh, Now, the latest thing I saw was uh, and God, I hope this is a joke meme uh, where there where it says, you know, uh, statue statue toppling uh, ultimate level. And it shows Mount Mount Rushmore. Have you seen that? now yeah that's gotta you know i'm I, I, that bothers me because as silly as it is if you give someone the idea there's gonna be an asshole that runs with it and tries to take it serious and
0: holy fuck
1: dude come on don't mess with Ru- mount rushmore i haven't seen it yet
0: so mount rushmore like i'm torn on it because it's just in person it's really not that impressive Well, you you really haven't seen it, but yeah, like you always get the idea in these pictures and like postcards, everything you've ever seen that it's going to be this just like grandiose. Like there's these giant presidents carved into this beautiful mountain. It's just it's it's not really that impressive.
1: Hmm. I've seen it. There's definitely some
0: presidents like carved into a mountain, but it's not like it's not the scale that you would imagine. Like it's one of those things that you go and you're like oh that, I guess that's cool uh we'll see so, yeah the
1: the thing is of course it uh, now not you mentioned it, it makes sense really cuz it wasn't supposed to be heads it was supposed to be complete statues like bodies and shit so they they weren't making the heads gigantic because they had plans to make the whole fucking thing you know and they, and they needed room for the rest of the body uh and plus, it never got finished in the first place you know once once they uh, realized they weren't going to get funding for the entire uh through the whole bodies and that were, and that they were going to go off the heads, they still weren't done i think uh, I'd have to go back and read my history on it, but it's you know it was a project that almost didn't happen at all, so it was, it was well, yeah, very they under- were
0: they were going to work on Howard Taft, but there just wasn't room
1: <laughs> there wasn't room for him to start out <laughs> uh yeah um. So that's kind of a bummer, uh, but and there, but I guess there's so many other statues to get to uh, before they run around and get to that one in the first place. There's probably nothing to worry about. Next thing you know, oh, yeah, and, a...
0: and good luck pushing over a mountain.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they blow it up, and or some stupid shit like that. They talk about doing that because uh, apparently there that is not the only thing that the people have ever carved into the mountainside. I couldn't tell you what state it is, and it's been a year since I read it, but there's apparently like a civil war mural carved into the side of a cliff someplace and it's supposedly it looks pretty impressive and for years there's been uh um like drives to try to get it removed and that you just have to blow up the side of the fucking cliff i assume to do it and i wouldn't be surprised at all if we hear about that happening within the next month or so you know i'm actually kind of surprised it has been brought up now since with all this shit going on
0: yeah but these people that actually try to do these things like you think they're really going to figure out like proper, you know, explosives and demolition? Like they can barely knock over a statue.
1: Oh no, I figured this would be an official thing, as as opposed to like you know uh, rioters uh, do or or individual people doing it on their own. It, this would be the sort of thing where like where you know there's a petition to get it removed, and because of the climate now, as opposed to the last time that they tried it, they'd probably be successful. Uh, Which is a shame, because it's beautiful art, if I remember correctly. I feel like I want to Google it, but I don't want to stop in the middle of the show. So, people Google it yourself. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you guys can come up with a a Google search term that will find it pretty easy. Um, But I'm not going to do your work for (laughs) you.
0: Well, yeah, possibly that one. There might be a drive to, like, officially do it. But, like, Mount Rushmore, yeah, the Dakotas don't play. Right, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's... uh... And I guess that's not too terribly far from Vegas, is it? I mean, it's a
0: decent ways from uh, Vegas.
1: Really? Oh, I, so I remember uh, watching, <laughs> sorry, my geography is not that great. Uh, I, um, what I know about R- Mount Rushmore is watching an episode of Pond Stars where they visited it at one point uh, on the way to uh, Sturgis and, uh, was that North Dakota or South Dakota? Uh,
0: Sturgis is that North yeah.
1: Dakota. Ah, I don't know offhand. It's, it's in a, a Dakota. So <laughs> I think they're pretty much the same from what I understand. Oh, no,
0: it is, it is South Dakota.
1: There you go. Uh, So that's all I know about that. (laughs) But I don't know, dude. Fucking. Let me see what else we got to talk about today. You got anything? I'm sorry. Do you got anything else, man?
0: Well, the only other one, and this one is just one of those, like maybe Darwinism really is a thing. Uh, (laughs) Did you hear about the COVID patient that died after the family that was there unplugged the ventilator to plug in an air conditioner? Oh, you're shitting me, really? yep that happened oh wow where was this at uh well shit i think it was india so it's not here
1: okay because yeah i assumed it was probably yeah, it was not india. here but that's yeah it's kind of, yeah, kind of what i assume because what where, what american uh, hospital would you need to plug in an air conditioner right
0: right and what like yeah it, there's there's a lot of crazy things going on and in, in that one but yeah in, uh, in India, there was a family that was there with uh, someone that was uh, obviously intubated, not a ventilator to survive and you know they figured, hey, it's a little warm in here. Let's plug in that air conditioner. I guess we can just you know unplug whatever. <laughs> Ask motherfucker Jesus Christ, well, I don't want this is plugged into. Follow a cord.
1: Gee you know they're they're the ones that deserve to die for that not that poor person that was plugged into the machine. Holy shit
0: dude. Um, right, but I'm fuck. thinking probably that entire bloodline is probably a candidate for, you know, Darwinism. Yeah, very
1: true. Uh, that's Darwinism in reverse. When you're so stupid that you pass your stupid genes onto your onto your kids who probably end up killing you. <laughs>
0: oh, shit. Also on the Speaking COVID of it. train. Oh, go ahead. So did you hear uh, the, basically the government of Florida and Texas have both come out amid record hospitalizations in their states that they don't actually believe they have a COVID problem. The problem mm-hmm. is they've mm-hmm. increased testing too much. Ah. Uh, the,
1: uh, the ostrich approach to a problem, huh?
0: Yes. If we don't classify it, it's not actually a thing. Exactly. Don't
1: look for it. You won't, If you don't look for it, you won't find it. So... <laughs> Um, despite the issues I've had uh, with the way our governor has handled our closure, uh, apparently it's worked pretty well. But I, what I understand, right now we've got like one of the lowest rates of, uh, of COVID cases. Uh, I saw a map where like only three states were uh, considered doing well with their COVID response, and we were one of the three, which is pretty good considering at one point we were the third worst for cases.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like the states that have actually taken this seriously and have been kind of intelligent and in how they're, you know, opening things back up, like it seems to have been going pretty well. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. And it, I understand why people have uh, issues with some of the measures. And I also understand why people have had issues with some of the, like the uh, stimulus packages and the unemployment stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because if nothing else, they felt like some people were taking advantage of it. And which is true. Some people are going to take advantage of it. Um, I've heard that uh, this is hilarious because this strikes me as really funny and really short-sighted. Uh, you're going to potentially get yourself in trouble for nothing. Uh, the, from what I understand, with the the thing with unemployment is they ask you if you're back full time, and if you say yes, you're back for full time, they stop payments on you. If you're not back full time, you could tell them that you could still tell them that you worked. but if you're not back full time, they will still give you uh, a partial payment. And here's where the trickery I've heard is going on. uh, People are going to try. So you're having individuals that have been called back to work. And as long as they don't, as long as they miss one day, they're not back full time so they can declare unemployment. Uh, Normally this wouldn't be worth doing because as I mentioned before, they take half of your unemployment check, uh, for each dollar that you make. So if you if you worked a little bit that week and made $100, they will take $50 out of your unemployment check. Uh, so normally, it's not worth doing that because if you're after a certain amount of hours, your own unemployment check will be zero even if you're not working 40 hours a week because the original payment's only $360. So it doesn't take all that much before you get zero unemployment. But now that they've added this $600 extra, that changes things for people with sly minds. So I've heard rumors that there's people out there that are going to intentionally call off one shift a week uh, so that they can uh, say they're not working full time and then, you know, collect them, collect that extra unemployment. They'll still have to uh, declare how much money they made. But since the unemployment check is so large now, like nine hundred dollars instead of three hundred and something dollars, they'll still get a pretty uh, good chunk of change from the unemployment agency. And I'm very offended by that. You're taking what was supposed to be an emergency measure, and basically, you're proving all those people right that said uh, that, that we shouldn't be doing this. And I personally needed that money, I'm, and it fucking made the difference between me losing my house and not losing my house. So I'm really appreciative that it happened, and it, I'm kind of offended that these people are proving everyone right when it was such a benefit to me. And I honestly think it was something that you know was good.
0: Well, I mean, we always have to just keep in mind that there's always going to be somewhere around, like, 3% of the population that are just absolute fucking scumbags.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I've heard it more often than I like, too. I'm like, you know, I go, am I in the minority here? Am I, you know, am I to I try to be an honest person, I mean... You know, I, mostly because it's way easier to be honest and I'm a lazy person. So, you yeah, if you don't lie and don't try to uh, cheat and steal, it's a lot easier to keep track of your life. Um, but, and don't get me wrong. I like money just as much as the next guy, but I would just wouldn't feel right doing that. You're, you're, it's not money you deserve.
0: Well, and just the entire thing is like, it's going to end up biting him in the ass long term anyway. It's gonna be the, oh, yeah. something there that's gonna get fucked up like I try, just quit trying to beat the system.
1: oh yeah, yeah, and any irony of is it, of it is uh, these are banquet workers at the country club' I'm, I'm uh, working at you know, um, and some of them are offered different positions in the club uh, because you know, there's no banquet things. and uh, so, but they don't think they're gonna make enough money for that. So y'all you know, they're just gonna collect unemployment and do work a random uh, occasional party event. There's not going to be any fucking party events. It's it's already it's already a fucking done deal. At one point they thought they were going to be able to get a little work in because we were going to try to do like the Sunday barbecues and a 4th of July barbecue and we have a Father's Day barbecue uh, coming up this Sunday. Well, fuck, the Father's Day barbecue has 138 people attending it right now and it's it's not the day of the event so and we've been losing people every day. We're not going to have any special events. There's going to be no banquet servers at all this season. Uh, so anybody who's turning down jobs at the club to think that they're, they're work the occasional banquet thing and you know and get unemployment is sadly fucking mistaken. And I've heard two of them that took jobs uh, uh, at the club in various capacities saying that now that they're not making enough money at their regular jobs, so they're <laughs> going to do this banquet thing. Uh, hold a second, my dog's trying to get my lamp, and she will fell over. Come here, stupid you uh, hurt yourself um and they've said yeah you know, oh you know uh, so th- basically they think they're going to leave their job because they're not making enough money at it and go back to being unemployment and guess what it doesn't fucking work like that if you take a job even if it's for one week you get a paycheck from them and then you decide you don't want to work there anymore you're not going to get any fucking unemployment after that not unless for some crazy reason the business doesn't say that you quit yeah, <laughs> why would they pay you for your un- unemployment when they offered you a job and you turned and you walked away from it? And these people think that's what they're gonna do.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I don't get that sort of thing. Like people that so- consistently try to game the system. Like if they just took that much effort to be good at their job, they wouldn't even have these worries.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know and it's uh well the banquet server position is a weird one because they make a really really fucking good money but it's they never know when they're working normally we have a really busy club season and they're working almost every day and they make a ridiculous amount um i, I, I don't know how much they make exactly but i know someone that was working that got a job because there's no banquet things at a 15 dollar an hour position and got their first check and said yeah i'm not gonna be able to do this it's not nearly enough money i'm like well shit <laughs> So these people that are just working random parties were apparently making really good money, uh, which, which, by the way, I also thought was really fucking funny. You knew how many hours you were going to work a week. They told you how much you're going to get paid, and it took until you got your first check and looked at it to figure out that you're not going to make enough money. Like, do you do math? Shit. Man, people amaze me sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, people are dumb they really uh, yeah.
1: are once again the theme of our show the theme of our show over and over and over again people are dumb uh but and back to being dumb and this and also uh related to the uh india since you were speaking about them earlier i've looked up more details about this little tiff between uh, china and india and it's a really interesting situation dude did you do you know a lot about it
0: no i know absolutely nothing about it
1: okay um supposedly there's a piece of land basically that borders India and China that they fight about all the time. You know, one of them says they own it. The other one says that they own it. Uh, it's an important piece of land because it's like through the Himalayas and it's basically the only way to get through there. So whoever controls that basically controls that border and who comes and goes. Cause, uh, that's, you know, there's no, being the Himalayas is very few paths, uh, through there. uh, Several things have happened lately. Uh, first off, China has brought in a whole bunch of machinery and is cutting a trail through the hip, into the through the Himalayas to that area to make you know uh, to make it easier to get to, which is a, a worrying thing uh, right there to start off with. Um, the problems that began, I guess, because uh, China walked in and built like a couple observation towers and put them up some tents and shit like that uh, that was supposedly in India's uh, territory uh, in India and you know said that's bullshit they talked back and forth and they uh, agreed to apparently dis, uh, de-escalate the situation and the Chinese backed away. Um, the I guess a group of uh, Indian soldiers uh, came in and like they knocked down the structures and burned the tents and shit like that. And then shortly after that, a large group of Chinese uh, soldiers came in and confronted them. Uh, words were said, and who knows what said exactly. Uh, but then they engaged in hand-to-hand combat because I guess they're lightly armed because of the border, you know, regulations and things like that. And basically, 20 people on the Indian side were beat to fucking death with like batons and shit. Uh, then shortly after that, a larger Indian force responded. And engaged in more hand-to-hand combat. And apparently at one point, 900 soldiers were involved. Not a shot was fired. Uh, no one else died. But I guess there was like a multi-hour hand-to-hand combat on the border there. Uh, <laughs> which is one of the craziest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but when I say the Chinese are like trying to make the path through there they've done stuff like cut holes you know holes through the mountains and apparently dammed a a river and shit like that so they're making serious moves on that border uh the satellite images showed well over 100 like construction type vehicles over on that side of the border so whatever and of course the chinese are denying this left to right and saying it's completely completely india's fault and you know what have you but uh, satellite images don't lie. Uh, Their Chinese are clearly up to something. And, of course, they're up to something. It's 2020. Uh, that's probably what's due in July or August.
0: Yeah, that, that whole thing. Yeah, that's... I don't think any, like, large-scale war thing is going to happen. It is kind of cool that there was just, like, a mass gang fight, apparently. Yeah, that's but, uh so crazy. Yeah, other than that, I, I don't know what to think about all that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so much more to add into the craziness that we have going on that it's all so very overwhelming. On any other year, it would be the headlines day after day after day because obviously it's a serious situation. Uh, both of them have fucking nuclear bombs, if nothing else. So it's not the sort of thing you can ignore and go, oh, well, that's their problem. Because if they nuke the fuck out of each other, it's going to affect us on over here on this side of the globe. Uh And obviously that's probably not what's going to happen, but dude, fucking China, China doesn't give a fuck, dude. They, if they thought they could get away with it and it would take care of the problem, I'm 100% certain they would nuke the fuck out of India. I don't think India would nuke China and anything less than a retaliatory uh, act, but uh, in that case, they probably would as well. Uh, That's a scary fucking situation. I know we talked before that you don't really have the fears of nuclear war that I do since I'm, I was a little bit young, older than you, and that was like a really f- a serious scare back in the 80s. Uh, but obviously, you know, it's still something to be concerned about.
0: Yeah, I just don't think it's really going to happen. I like think the rest of the world will put both of those sides kind of back in line if need be. Because well. nuclear war, like that's just not something that's going to be acceptable to... world at large so if that becomes even like an idea even places like russia will go to china and be like hey settle the fuck down and we will go to places like india and be like hey settle the fuck down
1: right and and uh, obviously that's what i hope happens but you know the world is a crazy place and certain people have powers that they shouldn't and you never know when the wrong person just happens to be in that spot you know, I don't know how far to chain up a command you have to go up to launch a nuclear weapon. Um, but you know, it, it's, it sh- shit has happened before where people did stuff that they weren't supposed to. And when you're escalating a conflict between two countries like that, fucking shit, anything can happen. I mean, it's not as serious as if North Korea got fucking, you know, uh, actual nuclear weapons instead of whatever shitty program that they have going on. Uh, but it's still pretty serious. Um. And there's something to worry about, too. I mean, I know, New, I know North Korea has nuclear weapons. They just don't really have a delivery method that would reach us. But it wouldn't be that hard to reach South Korea. And if you set off a large nuclear bomb in South Korea, I mean, it'd be stupid because they're shooting themselves in the foot. But it would also it would affect us. It would affect our weather patterns. we get a nice, healthy dose of radiation, maybe, depending on how big the bomb is. <laughs> sorry these are things i think about a lot because like i said you know nuclear winter and nuclear war was fucking serious shit back in the 80s but, you know, we were under the impression that if you shot off if enough nuclear bombs went off even if none of them ever hit you you're gonna die of starvation within a year or two because nothing's gonna grow because of nuclear winter <laughs> uh obviously that's that thing that will probably be not be a thing now unless the united states and russia ever ever got into some sort of crazy war because even if there's a nuclear conflict, it will not, they won't be setting off enough bombs to do that. Uh, but still, it's not a good time.
0: Yeah, you're uh, just a little overly, overly scared on that one, Jay.
1: Possibly. Uh, they dr- drilled the fear into you. It's, there's nothing like having, like uh, uh, watching movie after movie where they you know, told us we were all basically fucking doomed. Here's how it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: they also said you could crawl under your desk at school and be fine. They uh, don't put yeah. a lot of, a lot of <laughs> stock into these people and their ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of people and ideas,
1: did you see what Live Nation's doing?
0: No, probably, probably something pretty shitty,
1: right? You are correct, sir. For the, For 2021, since there's really going to be no uh, concerts for this year, they've already put out their policies for 2021. And basically, they're going to push all of the liability and all of the risk for all of this shit onto the artists. They're making major, major, major changes in the uh, uh, how their shit works. One second. Yeah, they want Rolling Stone says uh, Live Nation wants uh, um, wants artists to take pay cuts and cancellation burdens for shows in twenty twenty one. Uh, it's some crazy shit, dude. Uh, let's see, where's the thing on there? Do, do, do artist guarantees will be adjusted downward 20% from 2020 levels. Um, I see it doesn't, they have the memo here, but they don't give me enough bullet points of what changes are. So, you know, I don't know what to, what to point out. Um, but some of this stuff, I I, was crazy either way. Ticket prices are set by the promoter at the promoter's sole discretion and are subject to change. Payment terms, artists will receive a deposit of 10% one month before the festival, contingent on the yada, 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 the balance will be paid after the, fe- that doesn't seem weird. Um, minimum marketing requirements, all artists will be required to assist in marketing of the festival through minimum social media posting requirements outlined that artist offer. Uh, they have to allow, allow all their stuff, performances to be used for a live, you know, a live tele-broadcast, a live webcast, yada da da da, 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 da. Uh, where's the... It- merchandising purchaser will retain uh will retain 30% of artist merchandise sales and 70% to the artist. So yeah, they uh get 30% of that. Airfare and the accommodations responsibility the artist now. Uh and, and there's some really uh, nasty clauses and stuff uh for like cancellation due to poor sales if, if a show is canceled due in, due to poor t- ticket sales, the artist mu- will receive 20% of their guarantee if uh if an artist cancels its performance, uh, the artist will pay the promoter two times the artist fee. So, like, if you're going to get paid $100,000 to do the show and you cancel, you owe them $200,000. And there's a whole bunch of other shit. I don't, and some, like I said, I don't know what some of this is new or what's been existing, but apparently all all these artists are going to get fucking screwed.
0: I mean, it sounds like a lot of that is probably relatively standard. The only thing is, is like, All it really takes is a big time artist just to say, okay, well, screw you. I'm just going to work directly with venues.
1: Yeah. And I haven't already done that in some cases.
0: Some, absolutely. Like, and you also see that with like, so I know for sure there have been, uh, comedy acts that do that. So, uh, Louis CK before, you know, he, he jacked off in front of a bunch of people and, and got partially canceled. Like he just worked directly with venues and tickets were like 15 bucks or something, but it was all handled like through him. So you didn't have like all of the ridiculous fees and shit like that. Um, right, another person right. that goes even further than that, uh, Doug Stanhope, So the way he does it, he doesn't even book like actual, like, uh, like arenas or, or comedy clubs. He'll just find venues that he can just flat out book. And then again, he just handles all the tickets.
1: Hmm. So yeah, he just, uh, just does a private booking and then he yeah, sells tickets wherever the fuck he wants to sell them for.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the same idea. So if you think about the way that they're doing like Live Nation or like other companies like that, essentially what they're doing for an artist is much like, say, if you own rental properties and you hire on like a property management firm, they get certain percentages and things like that just to deal with all the logistic bullshit. Uh, right, like, right that's exactly Which, what this is so yeah like the the things that you're talking about nothing in there really kind of raised my eyebrows like those would be the type of things that you would negotiate in doing a deal like that so right, like right. this isn't something that they're just springing on artists uh, as far as like having existing agreements there like this is just their business model moving forward. And if artists don't like it, artists can go elsewhere. It's not like live nation is required to be in that ecosystem.
1: Hmm. Okay. Now, apparently, okay, here's uh, apparently these are the things that are, you know, besides the 20% reduction, uh, the, th- the big things are, uh, the them saying they'll give uh, artists twenty five percent of the guarantee if it's canceled due to poor ticket sales, as opposed to the hundred percent that promoters are currently expected to pay. So, um, so basically, Live Nation's protecting themselves, the, thinking that if the, they don't get a lot of sales because of COVID, and they have to cancel cancel a concert uh, because it, you know, if you only have like twenty five or thirty or forty percent full, it might not be worth it for them to do it. So it'd be more economical for them to cancel it if they don't have to pay the artist a hundred percent now they if they so if they cancel they only have to give them 25 percent and uh and the the second one that i guess is a big deal is if the artist cancels a performance and breach of the agreement uh they are the artist will have to pay the promoter two times the artist fee a type of penalty that's unheard of in the live music industry
0: yeah that'll probably be the one where like established artists will just tell them okay well then you go fuck yourself
1: Right. 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 Yeah. The, the, the 20% thing, you know, that's actually not a huge surprise considering, you know, the company made no money this year. So, um, they're trying to recoup that and stay and stay in business, but the rest of that's just bullshit worth them trying to, you know, push the risks of doing business in a post COVID world over to the artists.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's a back and forth. Like both sides are going to have to, you know, take some hits here and there, but The fact of the matter is, is like Live Nation can't go too far overboard because otherwise it'll just cause someone in to come in and do what they do only cheaper and artists will just go to them.
1: Right. There's got to be other large uh, scale concert promoters besides Live Nation. Uh, I know there's a ton of smaller ones.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things like there is a market there. And depending on how you have your cost structure, like, people will choose other people.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You got anything else to talk about? I got one thing, but I'm not sure if I want to get into it 10 minutes into the show. 10 minutes left into the show.
0: Well, we can we can definitely get to that. I think the only other thing, uh, obviously, uh, UFC tomorrow night. Uh, did oh, you yeah. hear about the, uh, the weigh-ins?
1: No, uh-uh. I, I haven't had a chance to... Peru's bloody elbow, so I'm not uh, unaware of any current events.
0: Yeah, so sounds like, um, and and I did watch it, and it did look a little odd, so, like, the uh, the guy that was working the scale from the commission, uh, Courtney mm-hmm. Casey came up, was all fucking shaky, needed the, the ring of shame, and somehow weighed in two and a half pounds under, because I think the guy just said, fuck it, because, like, it was one of those things that she's sitting there shaking and on the scale, and like he couldn't get it to balance properly. I think he really did just uh-huh. say, fuck it. Let's just say 123 and a half.
1: Wait, well, so she thought she was going to come in way over, did it? Because obviously it didn't bother to try to weigh her you know, before the, the hoop of shame came in.
0: Yeah, you don't request the, the hoop of shame if you're two and a half pounds under.
1: Right, right. Can't, damn I wonder if she was over at that point.
0: Yeah, I bet you she. Pre- if not, she was like she was right on. Because like again, you don't request that hoop unless you are within half a pound of the limit.
1: Right, because obviously they're weighing themselves constantly uh, during the process to so know what, to know when they can fucking stop if nothing else. <laughs> so it's not like she thought she thought she'd go another two and a half pounds and request a hoop of shame just for shits and giggles. Uh, so yeah that's that sucks she was shaking that bad I mean is this a common thing
0: well she wasn't like it didn't look like she had Parkinson's or something but yeah you could tell she was shaky and kind of out of it like it was not a good weight cut and she requests the hoop of shame like Mm. she probably either she was right on weight or she was probably over a half a pound to a pound like it wasn't something that she was way over and just bailed on the weight cut because she wouldn't have looked that bad. Right. Right.
1: See, that's crazy. Uh, and I know they're going to try, but these people know, I don't know. There's, there's, so many different things about weight cutting that I don't like. Uh, but it's crazy with the day of, if you're five pounds over or whatever it is over, I don't know what the numbers are. If you know, you're not going to make weight for one thing, you're stupid to keep trying. You see these people like so fucked up on the scale that they're going to definitely be handicapped next day because there's no way they could recover. I would assume a a fighter at a certain point would just realize he's not going to make it stop before he fucks himself up like that and just admit that he's going to have to give up 20% of his uh, purse to the other guy.
0: Well, I mean, there's, there's also just the fact that like fighters and people that have to make weight constantly are very proud people. Like, they absolutely think they're going to be able to get there. Hmm.
1: So, yeah, I guess that's true, but I don't know. Uh, I still have, yeah, I do still have that image of Gabe Rudiger lying on the floor saying, put me back in, put me back in. So I can yeah, eat more but cake. he was just
0: being a drama queen douchebag. Yeah, wouldn't he? I know. <laughs> uh,
1: shit, that was, I, dude, I still love The Ultimate Pirate. That was such a fun season. <laughs> So much real, well, so much supposed fun supposed to be drama. making
0: a comeback. Like there's supposed to be another season. I I don't know. I think the whole COVID thing kind of ruined the the idea of when that'll happen. But mm-hmm. hey, supposedly mm-hmm. that's supposed to come back at some point here. But right, uh, right. so what was the last thing you had, Jay? Fuck, I'm trying to remember what it was now.
1: <laughs> as, as we were talking, I think I lost it. Let me think for a second. Um no, I seriously lost it. I can't remember what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> God damn it, uh, Jay! It was shit. two minutes ago. I know that's horrible, isn't it? My brain is starting to go. I think you know. Uh, I have to write everything down. I have a. Little, I have like reminders in my phone for like fifteen different things. Um, it's a horrible thing, dude. Getting older, I suppose. I, I don't feel old. We've had that conversation before. I feel like, you know, the same as I've always felt. You know, I wonder how that works. I'm I'm assuming 78 and 80 year olds, as long as they're not physically in pain, don't feel like they're old. Don't you feel like the same person you were 20 years ago, basically?
0: Yeah. Except getting out of bed in the fucking morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's very
1: true. Man. Leg day fucking sucked today. Dude. I, that's, I don't know. I, I either I'm getting sick or leg. day sucked everything fucking out of me normally when you work out, you know, you work out, get, get in a shower, get ready for work. I'll be driving to work. I on my way to work. I'll be like, yeah, I feel good. Leg day fucked me up today, dude. I never got that feeling. And throughout the day, I just, it just, I just felt shittier and shittier. (laughs) I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I overdid it this week. Uh, Working out when it's this warm gets kind of problematic because even though I'm working out basically in the middle of night, still in the seventies to in, in the, mostly in the seventies in my workout room, since it's not heated or cooled, That's, uh, you know, cause it'll get up in the eighties in there during the day and cool off slowly, but not enough. Um, I think that might be it. I, you know, the heat drains me. Uh, you said that you work out in fairly cool temperatures cause you keep your house pretty cool.
0: Well, yeah, I keep my, my house relatively cool. Plus I work out in the basement anyway. So it's always going to be a little bit cooler. And I have one of those big industrial fans that I can just blow on myself. Right, yeah,
1: because there's nothing worse than being hot when you're trying to work out. I mean, I realize there's some people use that, do it purposely, like uh, hot yoga and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, he's thinking, fuck that. As cold as I can get it. In the winter, it's not nearly as bad. Occasionally, See, I now, have for, to put
0: socks on. <laughs> for cardio, I will purposely make myself, like, overly hot. And I think a lot right, of that right. is just to put me into that mindset of being just pissed the fuck off. <laughs> So, like, this morning, go down there, don't turn the fan on, don't, you know, mess with the temperature at all, throw on some sweats, and do three hours of cardio.
1: Yeah, fuck that, dude. I've never done anything for three hours. There's nothing I would like... I don't want to do something I like for fucking three hours, dude. <laughs> That's well, just too I used too to do, long, so...
0: I always... When I was in, like, my peak testosterone years, so, like, probably say like 23, 24, somewhere in that age range. Once a week, I would do just an insane like lifting schedule, just one day a week. Generally, it'd be like a Saturday. So I would go in and generally I'd start out with like a a huge like squat workout. And then I'd do an hour of cardio and then I'd basically go back and do like a upper body workout after that and then follow it with a 30-minute cool-down of cardio. So it was just that one day a week of just absolutely destroying myself because I could, and there's something about that. Something about just putting yourself in a position where, goddamn, life fucking sucks. There should be no way I can get through this, but goddamn it, I'm just going to do it anyway. Like, you learn something about yourself after about an hour and a half in the gym killing yourself and knowing I that can believe really that halfway through
1: i can believe that i mean i've never extended it that much but that that's the sort of thing i use for motivation you know especially when i don't feel like i'm getting results and you know and it's it's yeah i'm feeling sorry for myself because everyone i'm sure if everyone else was doing this they get big and huge and i'm not but i but I, I have to remind myself of the small victories i'm like dude you know more than half the world does not work out in any way shape or form so you're already ahead of those fuckers uh you work out five days a week. So you're ahead of uh, another 50% of those fuckers. Cause most people only do work out a couple days a week. You're doing specific strength training instead of cardio. So you're already ahead of all those motherfuckers too. Uh, so, you know, you really, so really Jay, you're only really competing with like 5% of the fucking world when it comes right down to it. Uh, and that just makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that I don't always get the results I want from uh, working out.
0: Well, it, so that's the thing where you have to just adjust how you're looking at, at kind of the world. It's like today you said that leg day kicked your ass and leg day sucked. Like, feeling the way that you felt, really what you should be telling yourself is, holy shit, I crushed leg day. Yeah. Like, I left (laughs) it all fucking there. I am goddamn dead. Holy shit, I kicked today's ass. Now, there's other issues involved here where, like, I can tell you you're not eating enough if like you're, you know, at, if being worn down and everything lasted throughout the day, yeah. it means that you're not replenishing yourself enough or often or enough both volume wise and like and just enough throughout the day. Right, right. So you yeah, things you need to change there, but that initial feeling of holy shit, I just almost killed myself like that's a great feeling. Like that's the feeling you want. Oh yeah,
1: and that's and you know, That's how I feel when I do like bench presses and de- and deadlifts and stuff. But you know how, you know leg day, leg leg day sucks. Um, but yeah, I crushed it. I crushed it to the point where I couldn't finish it. Like it, you had me doing uh like uh, three inch block pulls on deadlifts and I couldn't finish them. yeah i read i just fucking it wasn't not the the weight was not moving and it's normally at a weight where i can pretty much handle that's why that's how i knew i did a good job on leg day when i fucking couldn't do something that i normally can do i was like okay yeah we're yeah i i wasn't able to finish the workout just quite but uh that's i think fucking good enough oh i did have a a quick workout question for you Uh, i'm doing zurcher squats and uh for me, it's become uh, the last couple of times I've done them. I do them over the weight bench. That becomes very com a lot more comfortable for me. I th- I figure that it's okay to do it because of how tall I am. I'm still pretty much at least getting butt to knee level, if not a little bit lower before my butt hits the bench. Uh, it makes me feel safer. I, and the and the a couple occasions where I've actually failed out, it it you know I'm able to just drop down to the bench, made it feel a lot more comfortable for me, and me and allowed me to uh, take more risks lifting. If you know what I'm saying.
0: Well, yeah. So I'll do box uh, squats here and there, where you have something you know underneath you at a point that it's you know it's deep enough that you're still getting the lift, so it's still you know like below parallel. Right. And what you want to do is obviously when you're actually doing the reps. If you feel yourself just even scrape that surface, that's where you're coming right back up. You're never you know, yeah. allowing any weight to rest on it. Yeah, yeah that's that's fine.
1: Okay, so and you think that it's a standard weight bench, so you know how tall it is. You don't think that's too tall? I feel I've looked at I've looked, and it looks like I'm getting at least parallel my my butt to my knees, which is what the the minimum of what you want, if not maybe a touch lower before I hit the bench. But it makes well, me it feel depends better. Depends on what you
0: mean. It depends on what you mean. Your butt to your knee, so it should be your hip and your knee should be parallel.
1: Yeah, 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 yep. That's what I mean. Yeah, I
0: guess. Okay, I was because your butt to your knee, you're still like above parallel.
1: Right, right. Okay, yeah, just yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. That so yeah, it is parallel because it it's it uh, it dip. My knees bend just slightly below parallel. I think you know the the uh, upper leg thing. So I think it's good enough. And as I mentioned, it makes me feel good, much better about the lift, much the way the safety bars uh, on the bench press does for, uh, you know, for bench pressing. Uh, because without those, I'm I'm always in the back of my head going, dude, you can't really give 100% because you need a little bit left to make, make sure you get the last rep off because you don't want this sitting on your chest. Uh, so now that with the safety bars there, I just fucking go for it. and If I can't get it, I can't get it. Uh, and so that's how I feel about doing the squats over that as well. Cause I just go for it. If you fail, you're okay. You're just going to drop down uh, where, where if you're doing Zercher squats and you uh, fail out, normally you might put yourself in a bad fucking position.
0: But yeah, it's one of those things that if you feel more comfortable doing it that way, and you're still getting the lift done the proper way, like there's not a problem with that. Like if that you know makes you less stressed Allows you to actually just focus on your form and knocking out the movement. Yeah, it doesn't hurt having a bench there.
1: Excellent. One other question before we get out of here: uh, You have me doing a lot of hamstring uh, workouts this week, and I and I've been doing stiff-legged deadlifts to do that, which you said uh, is perfectly acceptable. I don't like those. They, I feel like once there's any kind of sufficient weight on there, I'm taking a really big risk of hurting myself. I'm trying to keep the good form and I'm keeping it now, but it doesn't feel safe to me. So my last workout, I, I looked up a whole bunch of different things that you could use for hamstring workouts. And I ended up on uh, weighed weight lunges. Uh, and I want to see what you thought about that.
0: You can do those, but you still need to do RDLs. You still need to do stiff leg deadlifts. Like those are an important lift. Like okay. The I'll go that back, back i yeah the more the reason they're more important for you than like uh, and weighted lunges are good but you still need to be doing the other pieces because in order to give like a proper form in that movement you have to be able to brace your entire body so you have to be able to you know lock down your spine and and keep that neutral and you're working all of those stabilizer muscles again like this is the same thing we talk about when you don't do normal squats and I understand you don't have an actual squat rack yet, right. but like, that's the difference between doing regular squats and doing like a, a split legged, you know, like squat or a Zercher squat or like all of these other variations and not doing the actual movement you're mm-hmm. really just kind of cheating yourself as far as how many muscles you're really working. Right. So, so bit, on movements I, I like it. that, I think more of, I need to do this right. And I need to be thinking about the muscles that are contracting and you need to feel that. So this is like an old bodybuilder, like mentality thing that when you're doing these assistance movements and I would consider like, you know, an RDL or a straight leg and deadlift, it's an accessory exercise. You should be using weight to where you can still concentrate in your form and you can actually think about that muscle tightening. Like, think about it right now. If you were to just, you know, just to the air, do a curl, and think about the bicep tightening and releasing, the more you think about that, like, the better you're working that muscle because you're focused into that movement, and you're making sure that that is the muscle that's tightening. So as you're thinking about that for something like straight legged deadlift, you're going down, you know, you're doing that movement. You're thinking, okay, I'm locking down my lats. And I'm making sure my hips are in a good position. I'm making sure my ass is back. As I go down, I can feel the hamstring stretching out. And I can feel that stretch. And I can keep and I can still feel everything else kind of locked down, thinking about almost kind of bending the bar with my hands to make sure my lats are engaged. Then you start coming up and you can kinda of, and then you can start to feel that hamstring contract. Like as long as you're thinking about those things, your form is going to be a hundred times better and you're going to get what you need out of that lift.
1: Okay, I can understand that. So basically you're saying we're not just working the hamstring. If that was the intention, doing just lunges was fine. Uh, Even though it's a hamstring exercise, you want the other muscles to be uh, exercised as well. That's the entire point of it, not just hamstrings.
0: Right. It's like if you really wanted to get super technical about it, instead of doing bench, you you could go do flies for your pecs. Or you could do tricep pushdowns for your triceps, or you could actually just bench and completely get your, you know, triceps and your pecs and even some bicep in there and your lats. And like, there's, there's a reason that there's like a, a main three lifts and it's because they are the best thing you can be doing.
1: Right. Oh, right. okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, All right. Well, I guess we're going to call it a show. We're a little bit over, but that's fine. Uh, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I want to thank my co-host, Big Dalton. And I want to thank myself. I did a good show today, I think. (laughs) What do you got, Dalton?
0: Two things. Everybody remember, there are fights tomorrow night, which means Mm -hmm. there's not a fight companion because Jay is still a punk-ass bitch and doesn't even want to watch his own friend fight and talk <laughs> about it with you, heathens.
1: Well, uh, if they fight, she might be on during the show. She's only she's only the second fight, which is a fucking travesty. How is she not in the main card? They're both ranked in the top ten in the division. Uh, how could they be buried that deep? And she's a fucking pioneer. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> because it's a women's fight. Yeah, it's a non championship women's fight. Uh, it's like, and it's not like any top five woman that's fighting. Uh, and there's already a woman's and there's already a women's fight on the main card, and you just don't have two women fights on the main card.
1: If you that, do, that you're this just is this
0: asking that, for a nap?
1: And this is the one that should be on the main card. Both of them are ranked higher than people. I'm just making a guess. I have no clue. I haven't looked, but I, I think they're both ranked higher than the people on the main
0: card. I don't think that's right.
1: I don't know. Roxy's yeah. ranked number six, and Lauren's ranked number ten. I think.
0: Well, yeah, those are the exact same rankings for Pennington and Marion Renault. Only Pennington was just fighting for the title, so yeah, those are Roxy bigger names. For
1: the tighter three fights ago.
0: Yeah, but Renault is a much <laughs> bigger name than uh, yeah. what's your face that Roxy's oh, fighting. Murphy. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true, yeah. Oh well, I won't complain
1: anymore. What else you got, my friend?
0: Uh the other thing I have, as always, a special shout-out to all of you fuckers out there, so fuck all y'all.
1: <laughs> Everybody have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 6. Bye-bye.
0: i